This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Monday, July 18th, 2016. Make sure you follow this podcast social media pages on Facebook at Shanice Lewis Show and on Twitter and Instagram at Shanice Show. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music so you never miss an episode. Today we have a very special guest, Philomena Quayo. Philomena is a British model represented by JAG Models. After receiving her bachelor's degree in economics and master's degree in global health management, Philomena was submitted to a modeling contest by her friends. She won and has since built her modeling career in the U.K. and U.S., working as a brand ambassador for Torrid and appearing in the New York Times, Sports Illustrated, ID, Essence Magazine, and more. Of Guyanan descent, Philomena is passionate about women's issue in West Africa, particularly maternal health. She's worked with numerous nonprofit organizations and recently served as the spokesperson for Women to Women International, a global nonprofit dedicated to supporting women in war torn and conflict ridden areas. Let's welcome Philomena to the show. Hi. Hi, Shanice. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on the show because, first of all, I'm a fan, so I'm really excited. Thank you. Thank you you so So, much for having me. It's really great to be on your show. Thank you. So what was your experience growing up in London? Did you grow up having a positive body image and high self-esteem, or was that something that you came into as an adult? Um, I think being aware of my body and having a positive body image came with modeling, actually. Um, when I, I've always been big. I was big growing up. I was big going all through school. And, and when I was younger, I wasn't really aware of it. But then as I hit puberty, I suddenly noticed that I was bigger, much bigger and much taller than everyone else. And it did have an impact on me, but not so much so as my um, skin color. I had real issues with being of a darker skin tone growing up. And I saw, I read somewhere that was because of music videos was um, contributed to that. We, um, the black community in London growing up, we listened to a lot of imported media, so imported film and imported music videos. And we would see all the hip hop music videos, all the urban ones. And that's what we marked as our standard of beauty. It wasn't really magazines like Vogue or fashion. It was, really the music videos and in all the music videos all the girls had that hourglass shape with long hair right. and, and very light skin and so I guess most girls my age growing up in London black girls especially that's the beauty image that we aspired to right right so you have a bachelor's degree in economics and a master's degree in global health management now prior I do. into getting into, prior to getting into fashion industry, did you work in a corporate setting at all? Yes, I actually worked in a hospital, in an acute hospital in the coding department, which is where um, in the NHS we have a 
free healthcare system, but everything still needs to be accounted for and coded. So for every procedure, there's codes attached to it. So I worked in an department that sorted out the funding for a particular hospital. It was very, very different to modeling. Totally different. Mm-hmm. So how did you get started mm-hmm. into plus-size modeling? Well, um, in the middle of my master's, my friend thought I'd be a good model, and she did say it a few times, but I dismissed her. And then she um, actually sent my pictures into an agency called Models One who were looking for plus-size models along with the plus-size brand Evan. I think you may have heard of them. They're very popular in the UK. And they called me in to come in. I um, did a few test shoots, went through the process, and then they called me a few months later and told me that I had won. And it was an incredible experience, quite surreal. I couldn't quite believe it at first. And where did your friend get your pictures from to send? Did she get it from your social media profile, or did you have some some nice pictures already? It's it's quite funny. Um, Social media in itself is quite new. So at the time, it was literally just a picture of me and her on holiday. (laughs) It wasn't a professional picture. It was just me and her on holiday. And so I read in an interview that you did with New York Mm -hmm. Magazine site thecut.com, you said you never thought you would be a model because you think the whole plus size thing is very American. Now, how so? Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I didn't hear the word plus size at all. The first time I heard of the word plus size modeling was actually through the competition. And then even after that, I didn't really understand what plus I didn't understand the movement. I didn't understand what it meant until I moved to America. I think of late, um, if I talk to my friends and my family in London and I say the word plus size, they now understand what I mean. But I've been modeling for four years now, and at the beginning of my career, when I would say the word plus size, everybody would ask me, what, what, what is that? So that's what I meant by it's a very American thing. I think the plus size community and the word in itself has existed in America for a long time, and it's quite new to the U.K. So what terms did you use? Um in in London, like for your That's clothing section, I, I really I really wasn't. I don't think I was aware of a separation in the sizes, and I wasn't aware that there was a different a different word or a different category for it. I even though I was significantly bigger than a lot of my friends, I was still able to shop on the high street at stores like Primark, which. I praise for its inclusivity of sizing. They go all the way from a size 2 to a size 24, all on the same rack. Um, quite okay. a few on the high street do that. So I didn't have that experience. Of- got it, got it. Now, one of your latest modeling jobs was appearing in Sports Illustrated, which was a big deal. Do you consider that one mm-hmm. of your major career accomplishments? Oh, the story of that is quite funny, honestly, because I – um, quite ashamedly, didn't know what Sports Illustrated was. Again, I think Sports Illustrated is very, very popular in the US, but not so popular in the UK. And so when I first heard of um, Sports Illustrated, I was like, okay, so what exactly is it? I'm not quite sure. Is it a sports magazine? Is it a swim street magazine? I wasn't really sure. However, I did know that one of my model icons, Damaris Lewis, had been in the magazine. So just for the fact that she was in the magazine and she is someone who I absolutely adore for her positive um, message and her beautiful complexion. I was really, really glad to be in a magazine that she's in it. And then after I was in it and it had been released, that's when I realized how much of a 
a big deal of it was how significant it was that Sports Illustrated and Swimsuit 4 had used me and selected my image to be in their pages and how much of a game changer that was. I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity. Yes. So what would the equivalent to Sports Illustrated be in London? Oh, this is a hard question. I'm not a very sporty person. We're very much into football, um, soccer, as I believe you call it here. Um, I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the equivalent would be. I don't think we have anything that is quite in the culture of the swimsuits and the athletes and everything combined into one. I'm I'm not sure. So that whole concept might be American. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is it's very it's very American. <laughs> so when did you know that your modeling career was going strong enough that you needed to move to America? I think this ties into what I um the comments I made earlier regarding plus size being relatively new to the UK. I remember when I first started and yeah, I haven't been modeling for very long, four years, there were maybe five brands. We had Evans, Simply B, ASOS hadn't even started at that time. Um, there were a handful of brands, and the work itself was very, very limited. I did a lot of editorial stuff, but in terms of commercial modeling, there was only so much I could do. And then when the scouts from Ford came to London and suggested that I would be a good fit to the U.S., I guess after exhausting everything I could do in England, it made sense that once I finished my degree, I would to go over to the U.S. because that's really the only place in which I could grow. So how did your family feel about you moving so far away to pursue modeling? I think they had a year to go over the modeling thing in itself because I'd always been very academic and um, we didn't have, we didn't really have a lot of plus size models, um, famous plus size models in the U.K. So even looking at me and saying to my family members that, oh, I'm a model. It was like, why? But you're big. And I remember my mom thinking it was a scam and marching herself into the Models 1 offices to make sure that I wasn't being scammed by one of these con artists because being a bigger woman and being a model, it just, it wasn't something that I think we were used to. It wasn't something we were used to in our community unless you were, I guess, a video model. It wasn't something that we were used to in the wider sense of, entertainment and fashion so um they got used to that first i also went to boarding school um for most of my life and i have actually lived away from home for most of my life so actually moving to a different country wasn't too hard for my family since i've lived away from home since i was about 10 years old oh okay so was Mm -hmm. a moving to america a culture shock for you um yes I'd been to New York previously on holiday, and I thought, oh, it's amazing. But actually living here, it was a very different <laughs> experience, a very, very different experience. I think the mess, the biggest culture shock was in terms of the attitude. Um, apparently, us in England, we say please and thank you too much. So I had to get used to that. I had to get used to being a bit more assertive because the New York pace was very, very fast and a lot more demanding. And also, um, just in terms of being a black woman in America, I had to deal with the complexities of that as well. Mm, mm. So do you think you're going to stay in America for a long time or sometimes you miss <laughs> home? I celebrate everything America has given me. I celebrate the opportunities that it's given me. I celebrate the platform it's given me. But 
Um, long term, I know, we'll see. <laughs> I do miss England, <laughs> I really do. So lack of diversity is an ongoing conversation in the PLUS community. Now, as a black model, mm-hmm. what is your stance on that issue? Um, I think it's good that we're having the conversation. It's good that we're having a conversation that recognizes there is a need for different body types, different races to be represented in fashion. If not, I wouldn't even be sitting here talking to you today. I wouldn't have had the opportunity that I have today. And whilst I celebrate all the conversations, I do feel like um, a lot more actual work needs to be done, um, especially when it comes to black plus-size models. I still think that um, we're moving forward in terms of size diversity, but we haven't really moved forward enough in terms of race diversity for all the major brands in terms of making sure that not only one type of curve is seen, not only one type of body shape is seen, making sure that black women, whatever our skin tone, are celebrated, whether we are plus or straight, as beautiful. I feel like the industry, it has some work to do in that respect. Right, right. I agree. Now, you are not only <laughs> a plus-size role model, but you're also mm-hmm. a natural hair role model. Now, let's talk about your hair. Did you always have natural hair, and has anyone ever told you you needed to change to advance your career? I have not always had natural hair. If you look at my Instagram, you'll see I am very fond of my wigs and weaves and braids and extensions. I honestly think that as long as you look after your hair and it's it's healthy, you're happy with it. It's a representation of you. So I'm I am not pro or anti relaxer or natural hair. I'm just I'm very, very much a supporter of everyone doing what they want to do. I haven't always had natural hair. I've been through almost every hairstyle you can imagine actually, from braids to relaxers, long weaves all the way past my bum, dreads. I've done it all. And I think when I finished my um, undergraduate degree, I just got really bored one day. And I was like, I have run out of ideas of what to do to my hair. And I just cut it all off. And it was it was a humbling, eye-opening experience. I think everyone in their life should at least cut off their hair once. Because when you realize that you're not your hair and that your mm-hmm. beauty comes from within you, and it's not about your eyelashes or your nails or your hair, it's it's a journey of self-discovery that I think everyone, man and woman, should go on. It was a very powerful thing you cutting my hair. I got to reintroduce myself to myself, and it was, it was a beautiful thing. And you've had your short hairstyle your entire modeling career, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, awesome. have. I honestly don't think I would have had my career if my hair was long. I feel like cutting my hair was... It was so different and so radical that I actually applaud. It makes my you stand out. Tape. It did, and I really applaud models one because they saw they saw something in me when the industry hadn't seen it yet. When I first was when I was first signed, I didn't work a lot straight away. When I came to the US, I didn't work a lot as well. I didn't work for almost a year until Lupita came, and then there was like a recognition of dark skin and short hair, but. They saw something before the industry did, and I think that was really amazing. Yeah, now, I wasn't even going to bring that up, but do you think with <laughs> Lapita getting so much recognition, do you think that was something that helped propel your career? Of course, of course. 
she came on and she showed the world that you can be dark skinned, you can have natural short hair and still be beautiful and not exoticized, if that is even a word, or made into an object. She can be celebrated as just a normal, beautiful girl. I think Lupita came in and changed the definition of the standard American girl next door. She changed the definition of beauty and allowed the conversation to happen. And what she started getting on all the magazines and getting all the big beauty campaigns and fashion campaigns, we really started looking at ourselves and talking about what it meant to be beautiful. Ah, that's awesome. Now, in addition to modeling, you work with numerous mm-hmm. nonprofit organizations. Now, tell me about Women to Women International and the Lily Project. Now, is that the same thing, or are, are those two different organizations? Those are two different things. The Lily Project I started a while ago. I haven't really been working on it so much because I've just been so busy. But what it was, was it was just really um, an online big system mentorship scheme where through Tumblr and um, its website, people would send in, especially young girls and boys, would send in their questions um, just about life, career, love, just everything that they wanted to ask someone, I guess, that they couldn't do face-to-face or they wanted to ask anonymously. And myself and I had a team of trained experts, and we would respond to the messages and give them advice and point them in the right direction and also highlight young people that were doing positive things. With Women for Women International, there is um, an organization that I've been acquainted with for, with for a year and a half now, and they are an incredible organization that works worldwide in many countries that have been affected by conflict and war, such as Iraq, Nigeria, Kosovo, and Afghanistan. And what they do is they go into those countries and they have a 12-month program to help the women in communities that have been devastated, and they just help them rebuild their lives. They teach them... Literacy and numeracy, they teach them a skill, they teach them basic health care and just equip them with the skills they need to build their families and their communities and support the wider areas. And you are passionate about women's issues in West Africa, particularly mm-hmm. maternal health. Now, why is that something that is important to you? I was born and raised in England, but my family is from Ghana and I visit Ghana quite often and I am very, very aware of the privilege I have being born in England where healthcare is free. And I go back and I see some of my friends and family back in Ghana and realize that sometimes for lack of money, a lot of women die during childbirth. A lot of children don't make it past one year old through simple diseases such as cholera, um, malaria, tuberculosis just because they can't afford the basic medicine that sometimes costs less than a dollar a day. It's really, really sad. And when I realized that just something as beautiful and as magnificent as childbirth and pregnancy and the act of bringing a life into this world can be so, so dangerous for some women in developing countries, and not only developing countries, in the U.S. as well, I realized that we as women need to do more to stand up and speak for women around the world that perhaps don't have the voice to to speak about their experiences and to speak about their journeys. And we need to make sure that people are aware that we do have a mental health problem in the world, not only in African countries. West Africa is particularly dear to me because that's where I'm from. But as I've been living in the U.S., I've also realized that the U.S. also has a problem with maternal health. And it's the foundation of our communities, it's the foundation of the society in which we build, and we need to look after our mothers and children. Yes, 
definitely. So how can we support your work with these organizations? Well, um, Women for Women International, they do have their website in which you can sponsor a sister. And um, when you sponsor a sister, you will help, your money will help to pay for their 12-month education program to help them with the tools that they need for their um, basic health care, which is the numeracy, and also for um, the, the, their starter kit, for example, for the skills that they need, whether it's fishing, haberdashery, agriculture, the, the, the basic starting kit that they need um, to help them, and also to help the school in itself, because a lot of these areas are very, very, they're in very dangerous areas. You have Nigeria, Boko Haram, and Afghanistan. There's, a lot of violence that goes on in those areas, and the, the money goes towards helping making sure the women are secure, that they're catered for, and that they can complete their program in relative peace. But with maternal health, there are numerous in um, there are numerous charities in the U.S. Um, one that I'm particularly inspired by is the Christy Turlington Foundation, as another count um, organization that she has, because she's a fellow model and she speaks passionately about maternal health care in the U.S and what we can do to make sure that, first of all, women have access to health care and the women have access to good quality health care so they're informed with all the knowledge they need to make sure that their pregnancy, their labour and their children's primary years are done in a safe and effective manner so that we reduce the rates of maternal mortality around the world. And that's awesome. That's a great cause. And you're the, the spokesperson for Women to Women International? Yes, I hosted the um, the gala last year, which was one of the highlights, complete highlights of my life already. It was an incredible opportunity. I was able to meet the movers and shakers of just people who had come together to realize that we need to support the women. They um, praised the doc, uh, doctor, Dr. Becky, who works in the Congo with women who've been mutilated by um, war. They've been completely damaged by different issues that were happening in their community, such as sexual violence, a lack of health care, um, just a lack of safety. And he was working and reconstructing some of these women. And to hear from people like him who are working in such dangerous areas and actually using their voices and their male privilege to make a change was so inspiring. It was a beautiful event. Awesome. You're doing amazing work, and we definitely want to support that. You also you. are a spokesperson and ambassador for Torrid. Now, what does that mm-hmm. entail, and how did that come about? Um, so being a brand ambassador for Torrid came about, I, I did work with them for a few months, and um, the team is incredible. And I guess just with working with them, they thought that I would be a great fit for the brand, and they asked me to be their brand ambassador, and I accepted. Um, being a brand ambassador is, it's a little bit more than modeling. It's not just modeling the clothes. It's representing the brand and its ideals. And Torrid is a brand that represents choice for women, effective choice for women to express themselves through their clothing at whatever age and whatever style they feel represents them in themselves. And I feel that's really, really important. As a plus-size woman, sometimes when you read the magazine, you're often told you must dress a certain way or look a certain way or follow fashion rules. But Torrid allows women to express themselves. Torrid has hot pants. And so many publications say you shouldn't wear hot pants. They have crop tops. 
And so many publications say, well, if you don't have a flat stomach or you want to hide certain areas, you shouldn't wear things like crop tops or bodycon dresses or mini skirts. Right. Or if you want to dress more in a more casual manner or a more grown-up manner, you have to stick to a certain way. And Torrid has something for everyone. And it's just an organization that really, really reflects its customer. They have a beautiful headquarters in, in California, if you're ever lucky enough to go and visit. But they have a mural that's dedicated to selfies of all of their customers and their customers and wearing their clothes and how they feel. And I just think it's, it's a brand that really listens to the customer and makes sure that they engage and accurately and realistically reflect what their customer wants to see, which is a choice. If I want to wear hot pants, I should wear hot pants. If I want to wear a long skirt, I should be able to. My size shouldn't limit what it is and what, what I can wear. It's a beautiful thing. And Tori currently has a model search going on. Mm-hmm. As someone whose career launched with a model search, tell the aspiring models listening what a great opportunity that this is. Mm-hmm. Well, so many girls write in to my Facebook and Instagram page and always ask, how can I become a model? How can I become a model? And this is a great way to be noticed by a major brand. Um, It's a great way to understand and, I guess, experience the casting experience and to really understand what it means to be not only a model but to be a brand ambassador. Um, It's also a great way to meet other people in the plus size community. It's also a great way to meet other people who are like-minded like yourself and celebrate you all on your journey together. We had the recent open call in New York on Saturday, and I think even though it was a model search, above all, the thing that stood out for me this year and last year was the sisterhood that I saw between all the applicants dancing together, laughing together, helping each other, giving each other tips and advice. It's that system in the community that this model search brings, which I think is a great opportunity and a great way to learn how to interact with everyone and be a brand ambassador. And I think it's a good opportunity, too, because there are models signed with agencies that don't have the opportunity to work with um, Torrid. Torrid doesn't book everybody. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, it's good to just have that name on your uh, on your resume. So exactly. you just said that. And for um, a whole year, too, if you win. Right, it's big, right. It's a big prize. It's a really big prize. So you just said that uh, you had the first open call in New York this past Saturday. Now, how did that mm-hmm. go? Was it a, a big turnout? There's a turnout, a very energetic turnout. Everyone was so lively. The girls were so beautiful. Um, Like I said before, the thing that stood out to me the most was just the amount of love that was in the air, the way that everyone helped each other. We all danced together. We laughed together. We had our runway show. We just, it was a real sisterhood. And it's really nice to feel that even though it is a model search and we can still look at our fellow woman as our sister and our friend rather than our competition. And I think it's so important to highlight the the unity that was celebrated there. That's what stood out for me. It was it was a really good event. I can't wait for the next one. And when you go to the model search and you um, stand in line to to submit, what do they do? They take your picture there on the spot? 
Uh, so you come in and you register, you get given a number, you sit down in the waiting area where we have fabulous hosts who entertain you, you talk to everyone, there's like a little entertainment, you can take pictures of myself, Gio or Liana. Then you stand in the line and your picture is taken and then you go into a small room where you talk to one of the casting directors. Nice. So, so it's, it's, quite, uh, it's not a daunting process at all. It sounds fun. And then you're in the mall, you can go shopping. It's it's a lot of fun. It's more like a party. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a couple more stops on the uh, model search schedule. Now, when are your Mm -hmm. next appearances with with Tori? So I'm in Miami this weekend. The following weekend, there is one in Nashville. And then the final one will be in Los Angeles. All right, so you'll be at all of them, all of the model search stops. Yeah, I will, I will be at the one in Miami and in Los Angeles. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, So, and then Gia will be at the one in um, Nashville. Perfect. So do you have anything else coming up that we can be on the lookout for? I know you're always doing amazing photo shoots and so much going <laughs> yeah. on. Well... I can't say too much now, but I just keep your eyes peeled and we can see. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Always and keep them guessing, always keep them guessing. Right. And uh, <laughs> tell us your official website. So my website is um, com. And I saw on there, too, you have a blog. You're kind of like a blogger, too. I do. I like to write. You see how I like to, I'm talking and I'm having so much fun with having this conversation with you. I also like to put, I'm quite opinionated and I like to express myself through writing. I've been really honored this year with writing a few pieces for the Huffington Post, especially one called oh, My did? Black is, is My Black Not Beautiful. Yeah, I'm very proud of that one. But my blog is The Files. It's on Instagram, The Files, spelled P-H-I-L-E-S, The Files. Um, thefiles.com and at the files on Instagram. And that's where you kind of get an insight into my mind and my journey and just my opinions of things that are happening in the world. Well, it has been a pleasure speaking with you. <laughs> I am even more of a fan now that I've got to talk with you. Continue, oh, you, su- continue success with your career and anything else that you do. And you have thank an open you. invitation to come back to the show anytime you want to. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for the time tonight. All right, and you enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you so much, Denise. You too. All right, bye-bye. Bye. And thank you to my fabulous guest this evening, Philomena. If you haven't already, don't forget to like to join the fan page on Facebook at facebook.com, Shanice Lewis Show. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. You've been listening to The Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show, visit ShaniceLewisShow.com.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.